You're listening to the Make Life Epic Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Make Life Epic Podcast. This is Jim Simcoe. I'm really stoked to have David Delas Morenes with us today, the um, the guy who runs howtobeast.com. David, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. It's good to, uh, good to be on the show. Yeah, and I know I'm butchering your last name, so can you say, can you <laughs> say it correctly for me? Because I, I know that I'm saying it wrong. De Los Morenos, but no worries. Everybody butchers it. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, people butcher my last name too, which, and my last name is, should be relatively easy. It's Simcoe. It, you wouldn't think people would butcher it, but they do. Um, so David, is, you're from Boston, which is unbelievable because that's where I'm from. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great city. Uh, aside from the long winters, it's a, it's a good place to be. And have you, and have you lived there a lot, your whole life? Yeah, for the most part. I grew up here. I mean, recently I've, I've moved around a little bit. I spent some time in Spain. Um, but yeah, most of my life I've been here. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, for those of you who don't know David and his website, How to Beast, I came across this website when I was writing the book. And this was, this might have been six months ago or eight months ago, whenever I was finishing up. And man, it is such a cool, cool website. There are a lot of websites out there that talk about, um, issues for men and or building confidence or, you know, building up, building your body. And, and this one by far is the best. And, and, and I got to say, like, I don't know where you got the inspiration to, to name it how to beast, but I just think that that's just so awesome on so many, so many levels. I, I just think that that's so cool. So can you tell us a little bit about how to beast and, and your work and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I guess it was something that started gradually. It wasn't something that I just sort of like brainstormed and got going with it. Back after I'd graduated college, I was working as a software engineer and I just wanted to have a website just to, as an experiment in web design, I'd say. And yeah, the name just sort of came, I don't know, I was just like on GoDaddy, like typing in different names to see what was available. And I guess, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't even, I don't have a great explanation of how I came upon the name, how to be, to be honest. But, it's awesome though. But, it, but yeah, it stuck. And yeah, so it's really sort of been a place for me to, to write things about things that I'm passionate about at the time. And, you know, luckily as it's grown, I've found ways to, to monetize it and to, to use it to sell Amazon books or online courses to the point where, you know, I just, I work on how to be full time now. Oh, that's so cool. And when did you when did you actually start it? Uh, where did you go to college and when did you uh, graduate? So I went to Boston University and I graduated back in 2012. So four four years ago, a little over four years ago now. Cool, 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 cool. And and can you tell us a little bit about your background? I mean, I know you're from you know the Massachusetts area. Um, where did you grow up? And and tell us a little bit about what high school was like for you. I I always like to ask people about high school because I always feel like you know so many of our formative lessons are learned in high school. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think that I, I guess it's not a question that I'm used to being asked, but I think it's a good question. Yeah. So I grew up a little bit south of Boston and I went to the the public house school, high school in my town. It was not too big, you know, maybe a couple thousand students total. And back then, I'd say basketball was sort of the, the main thing that I focused on in my life. And I, I wasn't I had, I had my close group of friends, who mainly from the basketball, or the football team. But I. You know, as I look back, I think now the thing that sticks with me too is how socially insecure I was at the time and how even even in terms of basketball on the basketball court, you know, 
a lot of, I think, my, my pain that I associate with that time came from, you know, when I'd be benched on the basketball team and how that would sort of just like cripple my, my self-esteem throughout all areas of my life. Right. And it, uh, I mean, it wasn't all bad. Obviously, there's always, like, I had great friendships and things, but I think that the, the sort of the mental agony I put myself through in terms of, you know, my, my, the pain on the basketball court or not playing and then how that translated into maybe, you know, a lack of dating success. And I think those things sort of planted the seeds for, I guess, for me to focus more on self and self-confidence, self-improvement as, as time went on. I mean, that didn't happen until after, after high school, later into college, but I think that did plant the seed. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I know, um, just from my own high school experience, I mean, my freshman year of high school, I sprained my ankle really bad in football, so I couldn't play football. I went to play basketball. I was the very last cut of my basketball team. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's just brutal. You can, as you can imagine, as a freshman, it's just brutal. And then baseball, I was the second to last cut in baseball, so I ended up playing lacrosse. And so I just remember, like, I look back on my freshman year of high school, and it was, you know, it was largely a disaster just getting cut from all these different teams or having injuries that, you know, it, it's amazing to me how much high school stays with you. And, and like you talk about the, the mental agony of not knowing whether you're going to be playing or not, or being on the bench and, and how, like how that can really, you know, just kind of seep into other areas of your life. You, you talked about, you know, the, you know, the dating situation. And I am a firm believer and one of the reasons I like your site so much is I'm a firm believer in a majority of your success in life and a majority of your happiness in life really comes down to your confidence. And if you've got a pretty high level of confidence, then you'll generally be happy and you'll generally be successful. And if, and if, so I think building confidence is probably one of the, the most important things you can do, you know, no matter what field you're in or no matter what you're doing, it's just, it's just, it's like one of the number one things that, that, you know, I think you can do to develop yourself. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say the same thing. Um, so tell me, tell me, why do you do this? Like, what is it? Simon Sinek wrote this great book called Start With Why. I don't know if you read it or not. And he, he talks about how like every person has a why or every company has a why as to, you know, why are they passionate about what they're doing and why are they in the business that they're in and, and why that's so important to know that. Um, because if, obviously if you don't know it, then you're, you're sort of like a ship without a rudder. You don't really know where you're going. So why do you do what you do? So I think the the first thing that comes to mind in terms of my my motivations for for running How to Beast is to to help other guys to to build that confidence because I've seen you know back then in high school and in college you know when things didn't go my way how it just ruined my life and you know as you build up that that inner confidence now I mean obviously you know this is always infinite more room for growth but now if something doesn't go my way whether you know I I sprain my ankle or some, I don't know, I get dumped by a girlfriend or some, something happens that's, you know, it's going to be painful one way or the other. I just, I see that now I'm just able to, to weather the storm that much more and just not let it, you know, cripple all other areas of my life and just see it for what it is. And I think just seeing how, how much more enjoyable that's made my life. Um, and just being wanting to spread that to other men is, is definitely probably the primary motivator. But I think also just the, there's the entrepreneur aspect of it as well. I really enjoy, you know, experimenting with different things and, and seeing what works. And I think entrepreneurship and content marketing type of entrepreneurship that we do really is a 
I think it's a good microcosm for it's like these very small businesses that you know you can essentially run by yourself. Maybe you have uh, some assistance and whatnot. You outsource some work, but I think that that's the other motivator for me is just trying to you know optimize the different areas of the business and work on content creation or work on product creation or work on marketing and just always being able to to grow in all these different various areas is something that really excites me all the time. That's cool. That's super cool. And what what are, you know. Uh, just going off on a tangent on that a little bit, what have been the biggest surprises about the site so far or this work? That's a good question. The biggest surprises. Yeah. I'd say that there's just always, there's, there's always so many more things to, to figure out and there's always so much more room for growth. And whenever I think that I'm sort of, figured something out, whether it's, you know, self-publishing books on Amazon or maybe, you know, email marketing. I think I just, yeah, I just, I feel like I always get a quickly after I, I think that I've accomplished something in some area, you know, I quickly get a rude awakening and how much more room <laughs> I have for growth in that particular area. Yep. I know exactly what you mean. It's so funny. Like we we just got done doing a, a site redesign on the make life epic site and man, I, you know, you think you know some stuff and then you spend you know, talk to my web designer and she's working on some things. And, and then I'm, you know, sort of looking at some online marketing stuff and God spent about two hours on Reddit the other night and, and just kind of went down into the rabbit hole in terms of content marketing and just seeing what other people in the world are doing and kind of, you know, the success that they're having. I'm like, wow, I thought I knew a little bit and I really don't know shit compared to a lot of these guys. They're just, you know, they're, they're killing it in so many areas. And, and it's kind of like you say, it's, you know, everything, in my experience, everything that you think is going to take two or three steps usually ends up taking 20 steps. Yeah. Once you've taken that, that third step and you, th- and you think you're all done, you realize that I was almost like just the gateway to the fourth yep. step. And you're like, oh, that's just the front door. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> Where's the house? So, you know, in, in, what's interesting. So, so do you do, and I know from your bio, you, you talked about that. Um, you were a personal trainer, strength coach, and are you still doing those things or are you just doing the site full time now? So I was, I guess I do that, but remotely now. I, I when I moved from Boston to to Spain last year for a bit, I, I mean, subsequently had to, to stop training my my in person clients. Sure. And so I don't do it to the same degree I used to do it. Now I do focus more on on the website, but I, I still, you know, I still like to keep up to date with the latest research in terms of sports medicine and those types of things. Cool. Very cool. And um, being from Boston, I mean, do you want to talk about the Patriots a little bit and how they thra- just thrashed at the Texans last night? Are you? Are you? It was, a, it was a great game. I think it's it's funny that uh, with this this like third string quarterback, we're still just crushing people. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, in, you know, the reason I bring this up is I think I've had I don't know thirty, forty different guests on the podcast. You're the first person from Boston that I've been able to talk to who's a sports guy. So I I was. Also excited to talk a little bit about the Patriots because I think they're an interesting study in business and in and in leadership and in confidence because they never really seemed that rattled. And the fact that, you know, they had a third string quarterback starting last night didn't really seem to bother anybody. And they just dominated just like they always do. It's just kind of like that. They just kind of expect that. Yeah, they I mean, I guess a lot of people attribute it to like Bill Belichick's system, and that probably is a large degree uh, sure. what's responsible for it. But it it does seem that you know since I don't know 2003, 
in 2002 even, um, that nothing can really throw us off, regardless of who's injured or who we lose, that there's always able, someone's able to step up in that system and just, yeah, they never, as you said, they never get rattled. Yeah. I think it touches up upon, you know, your work and my work to an extent where, it go, again, it goes back to the confidence piece. Like if you're confident in your system or if you're confident in your work or in your life, you just don't get thrown that much. You know, you like kind of like you said, like things will come up, but you just are able to handle them better than most. I mean, you I think we see this in life. You know, you go around town, go to the coffee shop or whatever, and you just see people who are just like frenetically running around and who clearly just don't have a handle on their stuff. And and then you see someone else who really does have a handle on their stuff. And you can just kind of tell the difference. One person's confident. One person just you know is is a bit clueless. Yeah, you see it. Like, for example, yesterday I was just walking from, from my apartment to the gym. It's a five minute walk. And as I'm crossing one of the roads and as you know, I mean, anyone who lives in a big city knows like crossing the roads is always, uh, I, do, I guess it depends where you're in. Like if you're in California, I know people like don't jaywalk there in Boston, everybody jaywalks, yeah, but I was crossing the street and the, so like the, the white guy who tells you like the white walking guy had stopped, but the hand was still blinking, meaning that the go. pedestrians still have their right of way. Right. Right. And, I'm walking and the guy just starts laying on the horn. He rolls down his window and just starts like shouting expletives and, and slurs at me. And, and it's, I, and I, I couldn't help but like look at him and smile and just like, like, what? Yeah. Like this guy clearly doesn't have like a handle on his life if he's letting such a small inconvenience, like just completely let it, allowing himself right. to erupt into anger. But you know, when you're, when you, when you lose it, that like, your heart rate's up, your blood pressure's up, and you're just like furious. And to let such a small thing do that to you, I don't know. It's just, I guess that it comes down to that, that confidence that we're talking about. You can't let something so small throw you off. No, and I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that that happens all the time. And I think that, you know, if you're, if you're manage, if you're able to manage your energy and your emotions and, and your, your confidence in that way, then that it just doesn't happen, right? Like it doesn't, and, and we all see people, I mean, whether they're, you know, regular people or celebrities, you see people who are pretty confident and, and it just, most things just don't seem to phase them. And like, you know, like my guess is when that happened with you, with that guy, you probably looked at the guy, like laughed a little bit and just kind of went on on your day and didn't really think much up much about it. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, at first I, I, I think I had the, yeah, at first I didn't think about it at all. And then I think afterwards I had like the reaction that, that, I think we all have to some extent that's like, you know, like, what, what's that guy's problem? Like, what's going on as I'm walking into the gym? And then, you know, quickly I caught myself and said, like, this thinking about this is it's not going to do anything. I'm not I'm, there's not going to be any scenario where, like, that guy gets out of his car, and like runs into the gym and I'm about to, like, fight him or something. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's just a silly thing to think about. Right. Right. It's so true. Um, so here's a question. I, here's a question I had for you kind of on a different topic is, you know, you said. You said this, and I read this in your in your bio. It sounded like you were a pretty thin guy, pretty lean guy, way back. Um, I don't know if it was in in high school or beginning of college, but you started working out a ton, and you put on a ton of muscle. I think you said like 40, 45 pounds, something like that, in, in in two years. What was that metamorphosis like for you? I mean, I want to talk about it from a health perspective in in a bit, but I mean, from an emotional and a mental perspective, what 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 did that what did that feel like, and what were you going through during that time? Sure. So yeah, that, I'd say that was an interesting time in my life. So through high school, I was, I mean, I played sports. I didn't really lift weights to any extent. I played basketball and football. 
And then in college, you know, freshman year, I sort of didn't didn't play any sports. Maybe a couple of pickup games here and there at BU. And I put on definitely, you know, 20, 30 pounds. And that was the first time, like, that summer after freshman year that I really looked at myself and thought, wow, like, I, I look pretty out of shape right now. Right. And I reacted to that at that time, not having any, I guess, any knowledge of, of fitness by essentially starving myself and just running every day that, that summer. And I got super thin. Where I was extremely scrawny. I was, you know, my whole life I'd maybe weighed. 150 160 pounds and at the wow. end of that summer i might have weighed like 135 i was like oh my sick. god yeah and it wasn't healthy but i mean at that point i wasn't thinking about that i just thought okay i lost that weight and then i actually ended up working with a i did a study study summer studying in madrid and i was working with a bodybuilder there and not i was just at a regular office at a software company but the guy who worked next to me was competing in bodybuilding and oh, you know he started in our conversations, he started explaining to me sort of, I don't know, different aspects of traditional bodybuilding, you know, from bulking and cutting and counting your calories and, and the type of training that he was doing. And I guess it just, at the time, I, I didn't really have something that I was very passionate about in life. And that just planted the seed for that, you know, when I got home from Spain that summer just to, to experiment with with bodybuilding and a because I was so skinny at the time and b because this guy had given me you know some type of, of proven approach I I saw pretty quick results in terms of uh, building muscle and again because at that time in my life I think I was sort of in college I you know I had, wasn't playing sports anymore I had, sure I had some friends in college but I didn't have too many hobbies or anything other than you know typical college life like going to some frat parties on the weekends right I think that fitness became something that I was able to embrace and it it was my first foray into like personal development and you know some some I think that set the seeds for for the confidence building that came after that but at the time it sort of just became an obsession with lifting more weight uh, getting heavier you know looking better building more muscle and you know, I think maybe even at the time it wasn't the healthiest thing for me because I became so obsessed with it. I might even say that you know I had some body image issues or eating disorders just because of how intensely I focused on it at the time. Yeah. But I think that ultimately it was a good thing, even if at first I took it too far. Yeah. Well, I got to say, man, that's that's really courageous of you to say that because no, most people would never say that shit. So I thank you for for sharing that because most people <laughs> yeah, no, would yeah, never have the, they'd never have the balls to say that they had body issues, especially guy. There's no way, like right. most guys, no guy or very few guys would ever say that. Yeah, well, they call, I mean, they, they, they sort of think the opposite of anorexia. I, I've done some some reading, some research into it. They call it muscle dysmorphia or I guess bigorexia would be like the slang term for it. But I and, and I think a lot, as you're saying, a lot of guys have it. I think a lot you see a lot of guys in the gym who clearly are just like overly obsessed with their bodies. And uh, yeah, I think with with women, it it's sort of be, it's become like maybe a, an accepted thing that that a lot of women deal with it. But I think with guys, it's still sort of like a taboo thing, even though it can clearly like cripple your confidence. If you just get so you, you attach your ego so much to, yeah. you know, how many cuts you have or like how much you weigh or something like that. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like with, with, yeah, I mean, along those lines, I feel like with guys, like sometimes we get attached to things that are so, so harmful for, to our own psyche. Like, um, I used to play basketball at lunch a couple of times a week. I still do it occasionally at this court right by my, you know, kind of right by our office here. And it's right, you know, it's right by the beach. And man, there'd be some, I'd say most of the guys out there are pretty cool, but there are definitely a couple of guys who 
you know, they, every time they drive, if they miss a layup, it's a foul. Every time that they, you know, there's a close call, they call a foul. Like their, their whole self-worth is kind of wrapped in, wrapped up into whether they win a lunchtime basketball game, you know, at a pickup court on a Friday. And, and I always just wonder about that. Like, how does that affect your other aspects of life? If like, if you're so, if your self-worth is, is so tied up into like how your, how your shoulders and your chest look in the mirror when you're at the gym or, you know, how you do on a basketball court. I mean, it just seems like it's such, you're so out of balance and it's, I think it's tough to recover from that, you know, because it's, it's, you know, you're never going to have the perfect body and you're never going to be the perfect basketball player. Like how do you live with, with, you know, some of those inadequacies or, or those perceived inadequacies. So that's interesting. Do you see that a lot in your work or did you see that a lot in your work where guys would have those types of issues? Yeah, no, I think it's something that I've begun to focus on more lately is sort of identifying things that you're, you're insecure, you're ashamed of, or you're, you know, you're embarrassed about, I guess that'd be insecurities by, by definition, right? Something that you're embarrassed to talk to someone else about or to reveal to other people. And I think that it's identifying those things. It doesn't immediately make them go away, but by taking the time to identify them and then something I like to, I guess an exercise that that's worked well for me and that I, I recommend other people to do is just like, if once you've sort of identified something that you're embarrassed about is to, to share it with a close friend or someone you trust. And oftentimes that will sort of dissipate, I guess the, the, the power it has over you. Right. And that doesn't talk so much to, to like pick up basketball, but maybe to, you know, being super self-conscious about your, your body, could be that it could be a sexual insecurity you know like erectile dysfunction or something like that and a lot of times these things that you allow them you try and deny their existence all the time right it just makes them like that much more powerful <laughs> right it's <laughs> so true uh why is that that sucks that sucks, sucks so bad why can't we just bury it i got for so long i just wanted to bury everything and it, you're so right it just does not work it's just a, it's just a train wreck when you do that um so tell me, so uh, uh, kind of along those lines, you know, what are the biggest things that you see that guys have or issues that people have that um, they come to you with? Like, are there any that are that are a little bit more surprising than ones that you hadn't thought of? Like, obviously, I'm sure people come to you or write to you about, hey, I want to get bigger. Um, but what are some of the other issues you find that, you know, men face or people are facing that that you wouldn't typically think of? Well, I would say that I think most things that people would come to me with, they, they tend to be very surface level things, right? Like sure. usually what someone comes to you with isn't the actual problem they're dealing with. So right. with fitness, it tends to be more cut and dry. Um, you know, I want to get bigger or I want to get leaner. With the confidence side of things, I think that I well here this doesn't relate exactly to men but I think this is an interesting one and it's a bit surprising to me I've I've made a, a YouTube video and I wrote an article and both of them have sort of um, blown up about porn addiction and how to quit porn and porn's negative side effects on self-confidence and uh, obviously a lot of guys engage with these things and say oh you know that was eye-opening you know I'm, I'm working on you know quitting porn this and that but the, what's been interesting to me is that I get re- a lot of women reach out to me and say, you know, my boyfriend or my, or my husband, like, I think he's watching porn. He told me that he quit. And it's like, they're extremely insecure. And what should I, what should I tell him? How can I get him to stop? Yeah. And I think that 
and I, I'm, I'm not like a marriage counselor or anything, but I, I tend to, I think I usually will reflect these questions back at these people because I, I doubt that the problem in their relationship is that, I mean, I, I do think there's negative side effects to porn, but I doubt that the, the, the problem they're dealing with is that their boyfriend watches porn. Sure. Definitely not. That's, that's a factor of, yeah, I totally agree. Um, it, my experience with most people with, ma- with marriages or relationships is that if one person's watching porn or, or, or if one person's really upset at the other person and they're coming to you for advice, there's always something that's deeper. And it's not about whether it's porn or someone staying out late. And, you know, like I had a friend, you know, tell me that, you know, my, my husband never wants to have sex and he's always out with his friends. And, and, and I'm like, okay, well, what's the backup? You know, what, what's the backstory there? Like, are you, what's your relationship like when you're, when you're together? Like, it, it's not just that the guy wants to hang out with his friends or is, you know, doesn't want to have sex. There's something else there. There's a reason for that. He's not, you know, he's not acting in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. It's so easy to get focused on like one thing and just build up the story in your head that like everything is, is because of this one thing. And it could even be in business, right? Like, I know that as I as I lo- try and launch and build more and more products and say like I launched a a couple summers ago I tried to launch my first course like online course mm-hmm. as opposed to just launching a an Amazon book or or like a PDF type of program. Sure. And when I when I launched that it didn't sell barely at all. And you know at the time I think that I thought you know the reason was maybe that the, the launch sequence in terms of up leading up to the launch, like the videos that I made weren't, weren't the right videos. Whereas now looking back, I think this, the, the, the idea of the whole product wasn't, was just off, right? I hadn't done research. There was no, it's no evidence to support that the, the people on my email list or the follow me on social media wanted that product, but it's just right. so easy to just focus on one little thing and just assume that that's the pro the, the, the source of all your problems when it might have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so t- you know, you mentioned a little bit about the porn addiction thing. I'm curious about that. So tell me, can you talk a little bit more about that and what kind of issues you see people, people have, whether it's coming from guys or whether it's coming from, coming from women or, or why you're intrigued to do that type of work? Yeah. Well, for me, it was really just another, you know, idea for another piece of content. Um, it was something that as, as all my pieces of content come, they, they usually start from my personal experience. Right. right. And I noticed that, that, Obviously, there's that the quote unquote no fat movement and like quitting porn has become more popular on the internet in recent years. And just to be, I guess, completely vulnerable, I had I had experienced some degree of erectile dysfunction when getting intimate with with women that I, you know, not like a girlfriend, but with the first time maybe that I was being intimate with someone. Sure. And it was really frustrating. And I think I came upon that you know porn addiction is something that can cause that. So I experimented quitting porn and. It definitely drastically improved that that area of my life, and the confidence I felt towards towards talking to women and towards you know going on dates with women, those types of things. So as a result, I wrote this article and basically laid out from my perspective the main negative side effects of porn, you know, erectile dysfunction, you know, reduced motivation to to go out and to meet women, and then sort of, and I think a big one is that the guys don't realize that if you're just every day you're just watching a bunch of porn that it's it's really sort of putting the act of sex on on a pedestal and making it seem almost more of like an imaginary thing that you, you watch other people do rather than engaging it in yourself yeah and I think that that just can really lead you to develop some some weird um 
I don't know, just you can it can make you relate to women in I think weird ways that not necessarily in abusive or, or derogatory ways, but just it's, I, I don't just think weird. you relate to them. But yeah, it's weird. It's like you're not relating to them just like they're another person that you're talking to, right? And and so yeah, so I put that out and I just you know some tips on how to quit it. Just I mean, it's the same as quitting any other habit. I think at the end of the day, but. Um, I, I guess it, it struck a chord with a lot of guys um, in my audience, so it was interesting to see. That's cool. You should write a book about it. I think that would. I think that. Um, I think that's cool. I mean, it's uh, first of all, again, like I really uh, appreciate Nana your transparency to, to talk about this, but I, I, I think it's a huge. You know, it's probably a huge issue that that nobody talks about. You know, people just don't usually talk about that. So I think. Yeah. It's cool. I think it's cool that you are. I mean, it's and it's a. I mean, you know. And, you know, most guys face it most, you know, just about every guy I know probably faces it. Yeah. I mean, I've read something somewhere that they indicated that it's almost impossible for them to, to run controlled psychological studies on its effects because they can't really find a control group of people who have never watched porn. So, (laughs) I mean, I think that's That's so fucked up. Oh my (laughs) God. That's so crazy. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, it's probably true. It's probably true. It's probably, I don't know. They probably have to go to like somewhere. Yeah. There's no like internet. I don't know. Yeah. I know they have to go like either North Korea or somewhere in the Amish community. I think (laughs) those would be the probably two only areas. Yeah. Yeah. They all, they obviously have their other hangups. Um, so what are the, I only have a couple, a few more questions for you. So what do you, what do you see the biggest mistakes people make in terms of fitness or in terms of health? I'm always curious because, you know, like, you know, because I think one of the big things to do, you know, in any personal development work is to figure out what you're doing wrong first or what you might be doing wrong first and then build from there. So what are the mistakes that you see people make? Definitely just focusing on the small things and letting like, I don't know, some some new article you read or some new study you read, like dictating your course of action or changing your course of action versus just focusing on the, you know, the main things you should be focusing on, especially I get. I get emails all the time from guys who are asking me, you know, what should my supplement stack be? Or should I take my BCAAs in the morning or after I work out? And, you know, most of the time, if, if I dig a little deeper with these guys, they're not they're not just doing the basics, right? If you're trying to, to lose weight and get slimmer, you should be eating less and you should be lifting weights for a minimum. If you're trying to to build muscle, you should be lifting weights and you should be eating enough to gain weight. It's like if, if you're not doing those just those very extremely basic things, then it doesn't matter if you have whey protein. It doesn't matter if you, you're, you know, supplementing with creatine. It doesn't matter if, sure. if you're doing exercise routine, you know, three day a week, full body exercise routine versus, you know, five or six day a week doing one muscle group each time you go to the gym. Like it doesn't matter what, how many reps you're doing. It doesn't matter how long you're resting in between sets. If you're not just getting the basics down and doing it consistently, then don't stop reading all these like articles on fitness websites and bodybuilding websites and thinking how you should be changing up your routine. Yeah. Yeah. So true. It's, it's like focus on the macro, not the micro. Exactly. Yeah. Those are the big things. And the big, anything else, any other big mistakes you see people make? I mean, that seems like it's a pretty big one. Yeah. That's a pretty big one. I mean, it, yeah, it's again, it's like falling for fad diets and things and like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do paleo. And then, Oh no, actually I think I'm going to switch it up and do keto now. Or like I'm going to, Oh, you know, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go vegan for a little bit. It's like these people just get this like ADD in terms of the things that they're doing, and pretty much every popular approach out there that is is gonna work if you stick with it. But um, 
I think in terms of more specific things that people do wrong, I think in the gym, guys, in terms of lifting weights, they focus you know, way too much on doing these like smaller isolation movements. You see guys love doing their, their curls and their tricep extensions and their abs. Or this is a lot far more effective to go in and do some bigger compound movements. You know, right. get it, just go in there, get some some squats in, some bench press, some some pull ups, and when you do those things, you're you're hitting most of your your muscles at once, and you're also hitting it with a higher degree of intensity because you can lift more weights in these movements, and that's going to get you yeah, faster results. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, you know, so I'm like a thousand years older than you. I'm 46, and <laughs> and, and back when I graduated, when I was in college, and after college, you know. The gym was a place where you know you go five days a week. You do chest and tries, back and buys, shoulders and legs, and you know that was kind of like the routine that everybody did. So we kind of have a running joke in our CrossFit gym that every time I walk in, I'm always like, "Are we bench pressing today? Are we doing curls?" And and they're always like, "Well, no, obviously we're not. Like we 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 don't bench press that often. We obviously never do curls because, like you're saying, they're isolation exercises. We do a ton of squats. We do a ton of." push presses and deadlifts and sumo like this week we've done sumo deadlifts regular deadlifts squats and front squats and pull-ups you know like like literally every compound exercise you can think of and and it's it is amazing it's the way i feel after working out after doing those types of workouts versus what i used to back in the day i mean i would do you know, back and buys, for example, and my you know my back would be completely blown up and my biceps would be completely blown up but everything else would be fine but you could tell, like, you just feel a little bit out of balance because, like, certain muscles feel totally fresh and other muscles, like, you you know, you can't curl your arm. And now you just – I just feel awesome when I leave because everything is tired, and but it's equally tired and I feel balanced. I don't feel like there's anything sort of out of whack um, uh, from an isolation standpoint. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, I, I've – I don't do CrossFit, but I always do. Every time I go to the gym, I do full body workouts. That's what I what I enjoy. That's what I preach. I think that, I mean, if you're a guy and you're you know really focused on building a physique, then yes, isolation movements they have a place. But you know, it's at the end of your workout, just a, a little bit of it. Not this right. should this should be the focus of the workout. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, so I only have a couple more questions for you. So three more questions for you. So what do you like? I mean, you obviously have done just an amazing transformation. It sounds like, you know, if you were a software engineer and, you know, a, a thin software engineer landing in Madrid and now you're a guy running this awesome website, building confidence and you know, building your body. What do you like best about running this business? What are the, what do you like best about it? I think this, the it's learning new things, you know, every single day, whenever I'm tackling a new project that it, it requires a, uh, learning new things and i think that keeps me engaged i know when i was working as a software engineer it you know became largely routine i sort of had you know at, at my software company i was i was like the sequel guy i wrote the sequel code or the sequel scripting when we did implementations with new clients and at first as i learned you know different types of scripting procedures things like that it was it was engaging it was interesting but you know quickly once i like developed that competency like just sort of became a routine task, except, you know, slight deviations. And with, with personal training, you know, more or less similar. You know, I worked in a, a big uh, chain gym. I worked at Equinox. It's a nice gym, but, right. you know, it's sort of the same types of clientele you're getting. It's either, you know, wealthier doctors and lawyers that I'm working with, middle-aged men, or it's, you know, college athletes who are home uh, for the summer. 
Right. And I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed that more than software engineering, but it's also sort of becomes routine. You, you know, you can fit, you know, most of my clients probably fit in like five or six archetypes and I treated them the same way. And obviously there's more of a personal side to that. And again, that was, was not close to as monotonous as the software job, but with, with uh, the website now, it's like everything is just completely new. Yeah, I bet. And it's, isn't it interesting too? Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that when you kind of deal with, you know, when you're in a job and you're only dealing with, you know, five or six different types of uh, different archetypes, did you ever sit around and say, God, am I going to do this for the next 40 years of my life? Like, if these are the five people I'm going to deal with the rest of the next, you know, 40 years of my life while I'm in my working life? I'll be honest, I didn't. And I think it's just that probably as a result of how quickly I've pivoted between things. Yeah, I mean, I was doing, good for you. once I graduated, I was just doing the software thing for maybe two years before I switched to training. And then, you know, after two years of that, I mean, I had built how to beast on the side, but I switched from that. So I think just because based on how quickly or how short of a time period relative uh, that I stayed in each position, I don't, I think that when I started thinking that is like when I quit my job, and moved on to the next thing. That's awesome. That's awesome too. And that's a good, I mean, for anyone listening, I mean, I think that that's a great message because I think David is a great example of that where you don't have to be stuck and you, and it's okay to go from something that is completely different from what you want to do. Like obviously being a software engineer to being, uh, uh, you know, what you're doing now, there's huge differences between the two. And I, I think that's cool that you were able to make that pivot really quickly and realize that, you know, screw this. I don't want to do this and go out, you know, go out on your own and, and do what you really want to do. So yeah, I um, think it's huh? well, as quickly add, no, I think that it's, I'm glad you highlighted that because I do think that that is one of the the most important turning points in my life would probably be when I quit the software job because I was I was scared as hell to quit that software job. I, uh, I bet you know, everyone <laughs> around me was expecting me and encouraging me to stay in that in that position. And quitting that to being a personal trainer just didn't make sense to most people I was dealing with. And that almost stopped me from doing it. And I have no doubt that if I, if I hadn't pulled that trigger that, you know, I'd be like in the same position that I see, I see a lot of my friends and the people I know in today where they keep talking about how they want to switch to the next thing. But as you said, they just get stuck and they get paralyzed. Yeah. And they don't know, you know, they don't know what to do and they, yeah, they get stuck. And you know, once you're stuck, you just, it's hard to get unstuck. I feel like it's, it's really hard to get unstuck. Yeah, you build the habit of just continuing. Yeah. So tell me, who are your who are your who are your heroes? Like, who do you look up to? Who do you, and why? So, I mean, it changes, I guess, with each iteration of my life. Sure. The the people that I'm looking to for advice as mentors changes. I can say that back when I was you know in that software job and. I was looking for motivation to keep me, you know, learning new things or keep me motivated to, to quit that job when it came to the time. There were, you know, several, I guess I could list, I was so the one guy who sticks, pops in my head now and I don't, I don't follow him anymore is this guy, Elliot Hulse on YouTube. And I know that when I was in a software job, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a big know. YouTube following. And when I was in the software job, I'd watch his videos every, every day. And they just gave me that, like that there's very powerful motivational videos and they covered different, different topics, but they, I guess they kept me motivated and kept me, yeah, gave me the motivation I needed to sort of follow through and quitting my job at the time. So that's one who, who pops out. What, what's his last name? Hulse? Yeah. Elliot Hulse. And yeah, so he has two YouTube channels. One of them is just Elliot Hulse and the other one's called Strength Camp, but 
I, I can't say that I've been following him for the last year or two, so I don't I, mean, I don't know exactly what he's up to now. Cool. I'll check him out and I'll put him in I'll put him in the in the in the show notes. Okay, yeah. cool. So my last question for you, and I want to thank you for being here, is you know, what do you think and I ask everybody this, but what do you think in your opinion, what are the three biggest keys to making your life epic? Like what has made your life epic and what do you think people should do to make their life epic? Wow. I have to think about that for a second. It's a good question. Yeah, of course. I never want to ask boring questions, you know, like I don't want to just be like, <laughs> hey man, you know, what should we do for, uh, you know, what kind of protein powder is the best protein powder? Like, <laughs> that'd be boring. That will bore me to death and it'll bore you to death. I know that. Okay, so I have a couple things come to mind. So I think the first one is to to listen to your gut and to to do things that that seem exciting to you. So I feel like at at any point in your life, there's going to be something that that's appealing to you, something that you're considering doing. Maybe it's quitting your job. Maybe it's trying a new hobby. I know a couple of years ago, I started getting the itch to like to try martial arts and or something like that. And I feel like most people sort of just suppress those desires and just keep doing whatever they've been doing always. Sure. And and that's what keeps you stuck, I think, largely, is not sort of entertaining yourself and, and pursuing different interests that pop up at the time or, you know, just writing it off as, you know, oh, that uh, that would never work out for me. So I think the first one would be that, you know, pursuing your, your passions or pursuing things that seem interesting to you. Cool. What else? I think, I think a second thing would be just to not be so hard on yourself. Um, I think that for me, at least I, I've never had the problem to, to be motivated to, to try and, I don't know, tackle a new project or to, to try something new. I've never really let, I guess my, my fears or doubts keep me down. But on the other side, I've, I've been very hard on myself at times. And, you know, if I haven't been seeing constant growth in my life or if I hadn't, if I felt like I was even a little bit stuck, I started to get worried. I started to beat myself up and I'd start to, I don't know, just have, I guess, like self-deprecating thoughts. And I think over the last couple of years, I've sort of made that mindset shift to know that just, um, to be patient with myself and to, to give myself room to, to not be always making crazy progress or to not be always I don't know, trying something new that is at the same, even though it's kind of, it goes against point one, but even though to always be trying new things at the same time, just to give myself permission to, to take it easy at times. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. That's cool. And then you said you, you know, in the last couple of years, that's how's that, how's that manifested in your life? I think that it has, I don't think that it's necessarily changed how I've done things in terms of the actions I've taken, but I think it's changed my mindset. So, an example would be, you know, in the past when I'd be writing a new book, for example, the entire time I'd be writing the book, all I'd be thinking about was writing the book. Oh, I need to get this done. I need to write the next chapter. I need to send it off to my editor. I need to have the cover done. I need to have this published. And like, I need to have it all done now. And now when I'm writing a book, it probably takes me about the same time to get it done. But, you know, I'm able to say, okay, I'm going to write for two hours right now and then I'm going to come back to this tomorrow and it's okay if, if the book gets delayed two or three days or or a week or something because, because I didn't do an extra 20 minutes of work right now. Sure. And it's something I still struggle with 
um, you know, for this week I'm, I'm working on a new project and the last two days I've been up to like 1am working on it. It's not and, and something I need to change going forward because for me that's not sustainable. Sure. But I think that rather than, it hasn't much so much changed my actions that I've taken, but it's just changed my, my mindset and my ability to sort of like have tranquility, a tranquil mindset and tranquil mind and be at ease with myself throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. I like that one. Um, I asked you, do you have an, do you have another one? You have another one you can think of or not off the top of my head. I okay, can pick well, a little we'll more. Uh, you know what? How about you don't always have to follow the rules. Someone asks you for three, you can give uh, them two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man, dude, Dave, thank you so much. This is, this has been really cool. This is, uh, um, it's, it's kind of funny because your website is, is, I think your website is so interesting and it's so, and what really struck me about it is that it's just, it approaches personal development from two core areas, like building your body, then building your confidence. And when I was, and I can tell you quite honestly, when I was, when we were thinking about doing this podcast, I was thinking like this could go one of two ways. And I, you know, because we had, you and I hadn't talked before and I was like, well, he could be a complete muscle head and we're going to spend the entire time talking about, you know, you know, ectomorph versus endomorph and the right protein powder and all everything else. And, and I'm just really happy that, you know, that you're in the world doing what you do because you're so much, you're so much more than, than a guy giving fitness advice and, and, and doing that. I think you're really doing really great work. And I, I so I really applaud it. I really I think it's fantastic. Thank you, Jim. That, that means a lot. And, um, I mean, I feel the same way. I feel that based on our talk, obviously it's the first time we've spoke, but, you're clearly very level-headed and clearly giving great advice as well. So thanks, respect man. Thank back you. to you. Yeah. <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you and tell us what are you working on now? Cause I know that I know that our people are going to be excited to check out your stuff and I'll put links to all your show, you know, in the show notes for you, but what are you working on and, and how can people get in touch with you? Sure. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is just through my website, how to beast.com or, I mean, I'm also pretty active on Facebook, and Instagram, but both of those, you know, just, how to beast would be my handle on both of those um, platforms, no spaces. Okay. And in terms of what I'm working on now, I, I just launched a new book or just, I guess, released, published a new book a couple of weeks ago called Mindset Mastery. And oh, that cool. goes over, like, that goes over, I think the subtitle of that is 18 Simple Ways to Program Yourself to Be More Confident, Productive, and Successful. And that goes over a lot of the mindset things I think I alluded to while we've been talking. So if, if that was interesting, you might want to check that out. Yeah, and is it on is it on Amazon or where can they, where can people get it? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's Kindle paperback and it's on Audible now too. Um, oh, cool. Right on. And then I'm about to release a new fitness course next week called uh, Beast Mode Bulking. It's more about building muscle, so that's like the opposite of things. But either way, if you go on my website, there's, there's articles on on both of those different topics and. Uh, yeah, I guess I, if you're interested in the working out, there's a free workout routine you can download on my website. And if you're more interested in the confidence, I also have this confidence hacks cheat sheet that's also a free download on the site as well. Right on. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, man. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll put a link to all your stuff on the show notes. And and uh, for those of you listening, man, you got to check out David's stuff. It's so great. His website is howtobeast.com. It's really, really cool. It, it really um, comes at personal development, personal growth from just a completely different perspective and it's really refreshing and, and just great stuff on there so thank you for being on the show thank you jim it's, uh, it was a great talk yeah you got it and thank you guys for listening um 
I appreciate you checking out the show today. And again, I will have some other guests on very soon. And I hope you guys all have a fantastic day and I will talk to you soon. Hey, thanks again for checking out the show. I really appreciate you guys listening in. Also want to let you know that my new book is out on Amazon. Can't believe it. Finally done after a year. It's called Hero Up, Unleash Your Inner Hero and Make Life Epic. You can check it out at heroupthebook.com, heroupthebook.com. So check it out and I hope you dig it. Talk to you soon.